This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Young cover Thompson will inbound. Aismas against Davis. Aismas for the Alina. Arkansas has won. Arkansas is going to the Elite Eight for the first time since 1995. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvat on the BetQL Audio Network. What about teams not making their shots? Arkansas scores 72. They move on with their two-point victory, not even coming close to covering the point spread against Oral Roberts. But uh, the Hogs move on after making 1-3 in that game. 1-3. Never close to covering the point spread, but they do uh, end up victorious and i was texting eli he was all about that or robert's life and that inflated point spread i say man take the other side take the other side <laughs> arkansas was going to cover that second half uh it, it was wild to see pretty early on in that game for oral roberts to be the straight up favorite yeah that was a lot of fun on saturday seeing these big dogs all of a sudden okay Nova's the favorite now. We're still in the first half, and Nova is the favorite to win that game. A lot of live betting opportunities, Horvat. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, seven-point game at the half, but then Arkansas just takes over on the glass in the second half. They had 24 offensive rebounds uh, in the regular season win against Oral Roberts, a 10-point win, and then they dominated again, 18 offensive boards. That was the difference in that game, but they couldn't knock down a shot. I also love the total in that game. I love the over, and that just went way under. I think it was the highest total of the weekend. 158. That and the Gonzaga one were the highest of the mm-hmm. weekend. And uh, we get 142 total points in that game. So misses out on the over by about 16 points. And even though we had all these unders uh, this weekend, we still have one total in the 150s. And we have one in the high 140s. That one, uh, Baylor and Arkansas. As we transition to these Elite Eight matchups, two today on Monday, two Tomorrow on Tuesday, Joe Ostrowski, Ryan Horvat, BetQL Daily, weekdays 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Time, radio.com app, radio.com sports YouTube page. Hearing from some local people on Twitter, at Joe0670 in Chicago, they're like, hey, I heard that you guys are on 105.9. That's if you have an HD radio. Got to be 105.9 FM HD2. But if you're near a smart speaker, you can tell your smart speaker to turn on the bet on radio.com and you can check that out we bring in our executive producer eli herskovich co-host of the betqlu podcast uh, eli what is your lead after those eight games over the weekend alabama and it's not very close i can't believe alabama couldn't at least cover the second half how do you miss you're a 75 percent free throw shooting team how do you miss 14 free throws and UCLA was so close to fouling Javon Quinterly, they couldn't because he gave the ball up to Reese, who at the three sent the mm-hmm. game to overtime. 14 free throws. It cost me a big second half bet. 
and Ryan's under in that game. Yeah. And our futures in our 80 to one tickets. Yeah. I just wanted the second half. I, I thought I was with my, I, I had that too. I had that too. And I didn't even care about that bet. I just wanted the futures. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, if we're going to get the futures to get home and get to the next round, we're going to get the second half. But as soon as that shot went down, I was, I went nuts and I was with my girl and she was like, yep. Oh, we're going to, we're going to win this bet. And I was like, no, they're going to lose by seven and overtime. <laughs> it's going to happen because I just, as, as much as Alabama had the momentum on that three, I just, I wasn't confident. And UCLA was getting a ton of calls. Alabama just could not make a, a free throw to save their life. That was also the most popular play of the day in my survivor pool. So we're going into the elite eight and we are now down to 10 out of 250, 10 out of 250, by the way, big news on the BetQL daily front that uh, Jake Galley goes down in flames to win Dylan Burns, Dylan Burns advances. He had Oral Roberts in our ATS last man standing, but now he takes over Arkansas since Roberts did not uh, win outright. So he's going to be in that Arkansas Baylor matchup. How about that, man? How about that? And I had I had Ohio State in that first matchup against him. Like, he rides Oral Roberts all the way, and now he gets Arkansas, who I actually think has a really good shot at covering. Eli, so, okay, I agree. That's probably the headline of the day, Alabama going down. But, you know, every year we expect a Cinderella run, but Oregon State, who is the fifth seed in their own conference tournament, needed to win just to get in. I want to know how they continue to make this run because usually, okay, a Cinderella team catches fire in March and they got a bunch of knockdown shooters. This is a team that ranked 222nd in effective field goal percentage. How the hell are they making this run right now? Defense. I mean, we saw it against Loyola. That was a really impressive win for them. I don't think it, it, it might not necessarily stop. I don't think it's a... And apps, you know, some people are saying, okay, this is similar to Oral Roberts, Arkansas, at least the perception going in where Arkansas should blow out Oral Roberts didn't happen because of how good Oral Roberts defense has played in the, the second half of the season, conference tournament, and into the NCAA tournament. But Oregon State's defense has played really well. They went to the zone. Loyola Chicago couldn't hit a three. Joe, you mentioned how Baylor couldn't hit any threes in that Villanova mm-hmm. game. Loyola Chicago went five of 23. Uh, Lucas Williamson hit a couple threes in the second half, but yeah, that Oregon state defense played extremely well. They played hard on the glass. They hit some timely shots. Ethan Thompson is playing really well at the point guard position. And they also made 18 to 20 free throws. So you, you think about how, how big that, how much that matters in March. And it matters for a team. That's what they went 32 or 35 against Oklahoma state from the line in the round of 32 and then 18 to 20 in the sweet 16, it matters when you get clutch play at the, at the line down the stretch. Well, let, let me Breaking, ask you this. Yeah. Do, is there any way that we, t- do we just continue to ride the unders? Because like, let's look at this matchup now with Houston who held Syracuse to what? 46 points the other night. And you look at this Houston defense first and opponents effective field goal percentage. Obviously the strength of their team is their defense. You just brought up Oregon state on this run because of their defense. What do you, any plays for tonight? Or are we looking at the under or? We'll, we'll, we'll break down all these games. Call me, what do you think we're doing here, Horvat? I just said we're breaking down all these Elite Eight games for the next hour. <laughs> let's let's lead into it. Is there any way? Any uh, is there any game you like, Eli? Okay, thank you so much. Bye. Is, is there any way that this game goes over? Like, I see this being one of the lowest scoring games in the tournament. Who's knocking yeah. down for Oregon State? Well, okay, let's let's talk about this. Houston is favored by seven and a half. The total is 129. The matchup is Houston and Oregon State in the final of the Midwest region. Eli, uh, Ken Palm has 
Ken Baum has this line at nine. Houston, uh, top eight offensive efficiency, defensive efficiency. And it's amazing how much – Eli, I kind of think when we look at Oregon State, all this Ken Palm stuff that we talk about, how they are such a different team, we can sh- kind of just throw it out the window because they weren't even top 100 coming into uh, their conference tournament. but And now they're the lowest, but they're still all the way down at 43. Some of those efficiency numbers, since it's such a different team, I don't even know that we should be addressing it. Uh, like, like we talked with uh, Jay Billis the other day on Friday, they go from wanting to fire their head coach as they're entering the conference tournament to now, hey, how do we give you an extension, Wayne Tinkle? Please don't leave us, Oregon State. <laughs> no, it's, it's such a good point. I know Ryan is obsessed with these totals. We're going to hear about it in I know. 40 minutes. It's going to e- be Eli's like cringing. Eli's cringing because what, what he's hearing is Horvat basically talking about trends. And I don't know, these matchups set up differently. Do, do you, is that where you're at? Yeah. And I just want to go back. To, I don't, I'm not cringing. I don't want to throw shade at Horvat like but you that. Hit, you, my boy Ryan. No, 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 no. I'm not saying you're throwing shade at Horvat. I'm just saying that you're, you're not one to follow a trend. Oh, right. Is that fair? Yes, that's 100% fair. But I want to go back to something you said in the in the first 50 minutes of the show when you were talking about how, you know, Baylor didn't shoot well. Um, Syracuse didn't shoot well against Houston. Villanova's defense gave Baylor a lot of issues with their length. And that was surprising mm-hmm. to me. That was something that I didn't expect, but just kind of had to adjust with the way I was watching that game because as much as Baylor wasn't hitting some open looks in that first half, I thought it was also a credit to Nova's defense and especially the same thing with Houston, they have an elite three-point defense, and Buddy Beheim was not getting a clean look to save his life. But going back to this matchup for Oregon State, th- the key that I just mentioned, Oregon State getting to the free-throw line. They have a top 50 scoring rate, top 40 scoring rate, actually, from the free-throw line. So when you look at points distribution across their offense, they score a lot from the line, and Houston gives up a lot of points at the free-throw line. They struggle to stop ball, ball penetration and struggle to stop opponents from getting to the free throw line. I think getting three possessions with Oregon State has some value. I also look towards, I mean, just looking at this total, yes, it's a little bit underinflated because it's sitting at 129, but these are two of the slowest teams in terms of tempo in college basketball, bottom 30 apiece. So as much as you want to say, maybe it's underinflated and then take the over just off of the precedent that the market is setting this to go under, I think there's a little bit of value in the under still in this game. I'm not saying I'm betting it, but that's the way I would lean. And I will, I would also lean towards Oregon state in this game. Do what, you think, what, as we were discussing the totals and, and why um, both of us have different, the two of us have different ideas on why we think been a lot of unders. And by the way, first half unders have been cashing as well. Like if you've mm-hmm. been betting first half under game under, you made a lot of money over the weekend. I think it's as simple as just miss shots. Horvat thinks uh, it's a little bit of pace. Maybe some, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Do you think a little bit of the typical shooting background that we see when we get I to these think, tournaments or no? Yeah, probably. And especially now, you know, um, obviously these guys are going to get more tired. Although then again, they've had a day off. So yeah, I just think that the unders trend is going to continue and not even so much a trend okay. just in this matchup. I just think that Houston's so tough defensively. And I just don't think Oregon State has the shot makers. And I just I do think that the pace will be slow. So if anything, I wouldn't play the over in this game. I don't care how low this total goes. I'd probably only play the under in this one. But but don't you don't you think I don't want to jump ahead? We're gonna go over all of these matchups. Right. But these other matchups, sure. Houston, Oregon State, like you guys just mentioned, yeah, this could be primed as an under game. 
but don't you see some overgames in these other matchups? I mean, eventually, right, right. Yeah, I think they are going to start hitting. I, I, I do. Yeah, right. And I think the shooting is eventually going to heat up as we move on, especially when we get to next weekend. You know, when we get to the final four and you have the top teams like Gonzaga, obviously I do think that some of these totals will start going up and so we'll get some points scored. But tonight, like, I just see this being a slow-paced game. But eventually, yeah, yeah. I do think overs are going to start hit. And that's what I was texting you last night. Like, do I just start blindly betting the overs or do I just continue this under trend? And it's immediately after I sent that text. Over, over. <laughs> over time and I cost myself money. But like tonight, yeah. like, like, I just don't see, because I want to back Oregon State in this game, but I just don't know how they keep them off the glass. Like Houston's so tough defensively, but also like the same thing with Michigan yesterday. I just hate fading a team that it seems like they grab every offensive rebound. And Houston's the second best offensive rebounding team in the nation. What do you yeah. think, Eli? Is is there more value in going under than taking Oregon State as a dog, or do you lean both ways? Yeah, yeah I think I I think I'm gonna end up on Oregon State, but it's a good point from Ryan on just the rebounding because Houston is one of the best getting rebounding teams in college basketball. So, and we saw that against Syracuse. Like, even though they're undersized, they're still elite in that department. And Oregon State is not one of the best defensive rebounding teams in the country, let alone when they're in conference play. So it's a good point from Ryan's standpoint. I just think the total is a little underinflated and yeah. I still lean that way, even though that's the case. And I also think the line is, is inflated to the point where getting around three possessions with Oregon state shows some value. I, I do kind of want to wrap up the conversation with totals really quick, because mm -hmm. a lot of people are going to be saying, okay, bet the over in USC Gonzaga. And this is just a general point in this game uh, tomorrow. USC is shot 59% combined 59% from three in their last two games against Oregon and Kansas. Is that going to happen against a much more disciplined Gonzaga team? It doesn't matter about the opponent. You're not going to shoot 60% over the course of three games. So from that standpoint, I don't agree with the perception of, okay, that game is, is going to go over no matter what. So the Zags shot 60% in their last game. But when we're talking about Gonzaga, they are so much better than everyone else. That's not something that's going to enter the conversation, right? Because they find ways to get so many open shots. Exactly. No, it's it's a great point. And they're so good in transition, too. Suggs oh. is a is a great on-ball defender, as good as he is, is uh, getting to the rim offensively. Yeah, Eli, with yeah. 30 seconds. But, like, how do you beat Gonzaga? Because even when they're not knocking down their shots, like, from what you saw this weekend, do you think anybody could hang with them? Because even when they're not knocking down shots, they could get to the rim and they find other ways to score. It's length. It's It would be USC's length, but I, I just don't see that shooting keeping up. And we'll hit on that game, uh, you know, later in the in the conversation. But Michigan, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, Michigan's length. Brandon Johns Jr. is playing really well for them, get it, giving them some added depth out of levers up front. All right. We're going to continue to break down these Elite Eight matchups. Still have to hit on Baylor, Arkansas, Michigan, UCLA, and more on the Zags going up against USC on Tuesday, it's Joe Ostrowski, Ryan Horvat, Eli Herskovich hanging out as well. And you're locked into the BetQL Audio Network. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welch will inbound, and that'll do it. What a surprise. 
Oregon State is going to the regional finals. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvat on the BetQL Audio Network. BetQL and Radio.com have partnered up to help you beat the sports books. Use the promo code DAILY for 20% off any subscription. BetQL tells you which side professional bettors are picking, provides real-time line movement, and historical betting results. Again, our promo code DAILY for 20% off any subscription. Joe Ostrowski, Ryan Horvat, Eli Herskovich, we are breaking down these Elite Eight matchups. We uh, went over the Houston-Oregon State game, which side has value, which total has va- does uh, Does the total have value? And Eli's saying, yeah, they both do. Well, let's move on to the South matchup. Later tonight, it's Baylor against Arkansas. The Bears are eight-point favorites, a total of 148, maybe inflated a little bit. Ken Palm has this number at seven. Now, in the end, Baylor has taken care of the competition, even though it was a contest early on. Against Nova, they have uh, they are looking strong, man. Uh, we know how they are from the outside. The offense and a defense are going to turn the ball over. Then Arkansas, uh, they just got by Oral Roberts. Impressive win against Texas Tech. Uh, Eli, how do you break down this matchup? Yeah, this is where the shooting regression monster comes back for Baylor in a good way. I think Baylor shoots the lights out in this yeah. game. Yeah. Arkansas's perimeter defense is very susceptible. We saw that against Oral Roberts, especially when Eastmas got going. They give up some open shooting pockets. They have a bottom 103-point scoring rate across college basketball. Baylor, the number two three-point shooting team now in college basketball because of uh, that little dip in the percentage after the way they shot against Villanova. They're top 50 in three-point scoring rate, so their point distribution across inside the arc, outside the arc, and for the free throw line. I think Baylor dominates from the from behind the arc. I think defensively, their ball pressure gives these Arkansas guards a lot of issue uh, issues, especially with those younger guards like Moses Moody and Baylor's length. I mean, Davion Mitchell, there was a an ESPN uh, draft analyst that came out over the weekend and said Davion Mitchell is the best defensive prospect he's ever seen since he started evaluating guards. And he's that good. Like we saw him come up with some massive steals in the second half against Villanova. And I think he does the same thing against this Arkansas team. Do you think Arkansas will be able to score the basketball tonight? Because obviously, you know, a great offensive team, but you look at Baylor, they're 27th defensively in efficiency and should be much higher than that. Obviously, after the COVID layoff, you know, they struggled a little bit, but they've been playing really good basketball. And also, they forced the most turnovers in the nation. So what do you see from Arkansas offensively tonight? Yeah, if they're going to score, they're going to have to score inside. Or if they're going to keep this game within the seven, seven and a half, or even eight, as I see it as high as eight right now, they're going to have to get inside the paint. They did that against Oral Roberts in the second half, similar to how Baylor got to the rim in the second half against Villanova. That was the a Razorbacks game plan. That was Musselman's game plan in the second half. But the perception is size. Like if people are just looking at, okay, Arkansas is a bigger team, it's a misperception. It's mis, it's it's a misevaluation because you're, some of their bigs aren't really playing. Connor Vanover is not playing for Arkansas right now. He's a 7-3 big, and he made an impact for some of the regular season, but then Musselman went to a smaller lineup. Yes, Justin Smith played really well against uh, against Royal Roberts with some big-time second-half putbacks, but now he's going up against Mark Patel, one of the most aggressive and sound defensive bigs in the country. So Arkansas is going to have to get to the rim, but Baylor plays that no middle defense similar to Texas Tech, where I don't see them have a lot, a lot of success there either. Yeah. All right, I've got the Eli detector on. So he's saying he likes Baylor. He leans Baylor. He's not going to be betting Baylor laying eight, um, but you will be betting Oregon State, correct? 
That is correct. But if you can get a good Baylor live number, I would go with something like maybe within a possession. If Arkansas starts out hot, if Arkansas starts out hot, I'm not saying pound Baylor, but definitely look at some live betting options because there will be value. It's the, the one thing that really jumps out to me when you start looking at these matchups. We we know how great Baylor is at both ends, and it would make sense that Baylor would come out and start hitting their threes after going, what, three for 17 uh, from beyond the arc the other day. But Arkansas, they're not top 100 two-point or three-point percentage. I just I just don't know how they can hang. Yeah, no, it's it's a good point, man. I don't see it. I don't see this game being very close with Baylor's hitting their shots. And defensively, with that ball pressure, they can really frustrate this Arkansas team. Yes, from a pure uh, stat standpoint, Arkansas isn't super high in terms of turnover rate, but it doesn't matter when you play a team like Baylor and those defensive guards. Horvat, what do you think? Yeah, no, is there a number there, Eli, like where if I am, I'm looking for value? Because I, I'm with you. I don't know that I want to play this, but I may look to play it live. Let's say that Baylor – Starts off, they're not knocking down their shots. Let's say Arkansas gets off to a little hot start, and it's a fifteen, <laughs> something like that. Is there a number where you would like where you would? He put just up- said it. He possession? just so four, four and a half. Yeah, something around a possession. That's that's what I would be looking at. <laughs> okay. okay, Eli, am I drinking? Did you not just say that? I I did, but hey, maybe he missed it. It's it's not a hey. You know what? We're all we're talking a lot of numbers here. I get it. Okay. <laughs> He's got a possession, but still, I think I'd play this. Like if I could get like six, six and a half, seven, I think I I do think anything better, anything better is what you're looking for. I mean, I think Baylor rolls and I like, if you look at Arkansas, like it's been a nice little run, but really who have they beat? They beat Colgate that handily. Uh, They struggled with Oral Roberts, I guess a nice win over Texas tech, but I just feel like the run comes to an end. And I do feel like we're still, I'm finding value on Baylor right now because I still think that we're sleeping really? on Baylor, Baylor because of what they look like when they came off the COVID layoff, like even against Nova. And especially if you live bet that one, like I did, you know, when Villanova has a double digit lead in the first half, like I saw that coming because even when Baylor's not knocking down their shots, they just have too many shooters where somebody is going to step up and they're so tough defensively and they're able to force turnovers. And if they're able to force turnovers against a Villanova team that takes care of the basketball, well coached by Jay Wright, I think they'll do the same thing tonight against uh, uh, Arkansas. Can I give out? Really yeah, quick, can I give out one player prop that I like for this game? Oh, please. Uh, Justin Smith under 15 and a half or 16 points, I think is a very valuable bet, like I mentioned, going up against that Baylor front court. Yes, they're not one of the more elite front courts defensively in college basketball, but Jonathan Tama, Tachua, Flo Thamba, especially Vital, if, if Justin Smith is matched up against Vital, it's not like he's going up against the Oral Roberts front court that we saw on, on Saturday. That would be my favorite uh, prop, that player prop in this game. Horvat, you don't you don't have an angle on the total here, right? No, not on this one. I really, I really don't. I probably would stay away. Have you been playing a lot of the player props in, in the tournament? Because you know, I keep seeing like some really good value play. Like the other night, I think Buddy Beheim, I think his point total was set at like 22 and a half. And obviously, you know, he I mean, you saw what he did those first two games. What did he have? 58 points in the first two games of the tournament. But just right. defensively forced him to go to left to, to go to his left in this last matchup. He couldn't knock down his shots. And I just think that there'd be great value there. But I just I don't play a lot of player props when it comes to the NCAA tournament. Do you find value there, Eli? Over the weekend, I did. I did play the Bayheim prop. I, I hit that on Saturday. I hit Gorham. Oh, I think it was over rebounds, maybe with uh, around like eight and a half, nine. So I was with you there. I mean, just in terms of Houston's offensive rebounding. And that came up big, especially going up against that Syracuse zone. So I, usually you could find more value with unders, especially yeah. with these inflated pl- uh, player props. And I think it's, that's mm-hmm. uh, very similar tonight with Justin Smith. 
Yeah. Players start getting pumped up. Everybody's talking about them. People are going to bet the over. Yeah. I, I And what are they doing in game plans? How do we stop player X? Take away yeah. option number one. Uh, that's right. exactly what's going on. This is BetQL Daily. Joe Ostrowski, Ryan Horvat, and Eli Hershkovich previewing the Elite Eight. Let's hit on the games on Tuesday. Of course, full breakdown on tomorrow's show. But let's uh, let's hit on these. Wolverines are favored by seven and a half. Total of one thirty six and a half against UCLA. Inflated big time. Ken Palm has this number at five. Again, the line is seven and a half. Michigan just beat up Florida State. That was an amazing sight. And then UCLA. I guess you can say they got lucky, but at some point you also have to give these teams that that got this far plenty of credit. What do you think, Eli? My initial gut reaction yesterday was, I'm so mad. And I really want to bet Michigan at seven and a half. But when you take a step back, Michigan should shoot better from three in this game, especially against that UCLA defense that is susceptible to the three, like Mm -hmm. we saw for stretches in yesterday's game against Alabama. But Michigan's interior defense is susceptible. Now, I know they have a size advantage against UCLA, but if UCLA can get into the paint, it's going to be tough against this Michigan length, like as good as Johnny Juzang has played in the tournament, he's now going up against Franz Wagner, who's a very good on-ball defender. Same thing with Shondi Brown. Livers isn't playing in this game, and I doubt he comes back for the rest of the tournament. But UCLA could hang around, could keep uh, this thing within three possessions if they're able to get to the rim. I just don't see it happening, especially with the way Michigan's front court is playing defensively, like I mentioned, with Dickinson and Johns Jr., who has played big-time minutes so far in the tournament. Yeah, and UCLA obviously going to look to slow down the pace. Does that favor them? I mean, you look at them, they're 24th in the country, according to Ken Palm, like offensive efficiency. They look to slow down the pace. Like you said, they're going to look to get to the rim. I feel like the, I feel like they have to get Hunter Dickinson in foul trouble to have a chance in this game. Like, am I off there? Like, do you think that UCLA's run comes to an end? Because I think Michigan's just too big inside. I don't know how they're going to keep him off the boards and how they're going to keep him from scoring down low. I just think this is a terrible matchup for UCLA. Do you give them any shot, like, if there is no foul trouble and, you know, they're just dominating down low Michigan? Because I don't know how they keep him off the glass in this game. Yeah, no, you're right. They're going to have to, to get tickets to, to in foul trouble, but that happened against Florida State, and it didn't really matter. Now, Raekwon Gray got in foul trouble, too, on the first half for the Seminoles, which didn't help the Noles cause. But if Johns Jr. is scoring inside, and Austin Davis, who could be a problem down low, he's got some really good footwork for the Wolverines. I, I just think that size advantage is going to be overwhelming, and you're going to get Cody Riley in foul trouble. This is where not having Chris Smith for UCLA – who tours ACL in conference play. This is where it really hurts uh, a UCLA team that lacks depth or at least size, like true physicality down low. You know, it's funny, guys. When we talk about the Big Ten and the Big 12 this year, uh, coming into the tournament, one of the reasons many were high on those teams because you have the narrative of, oh, they're battle-tested all season long, only playing against their own conference. They're going to be ready once we get to the tournament. And one of the reasons that nobody appeared to be backing UCLA even in that first four matchup against Michigan State was just that. Well, Michigan State had deal with the Big Ten all year, and here's the Bruins coming in limping, winning, losing four in a row in conference. Looking at how many Pac-12 teams are left, Eli, I'm thinking, should we be saying these Pac-12 teams are battle-tested? Because right now they're the best conference, and uh, you know, look, look who's standing here in this matchup with the Big Ten team going up against Pac-12 team. 
All I got to say is Bill Walton has Oh, dude, right, did clearly. you see him last night? Did you see him last night? I, I did not. Oh, man. So it's him. It's everybody. It's Greenberg. It's Billis. Everybody's on there. And they asked him one question. I watched it because they, they tweeted out the clip. He went for nine minutes. He was yelling about everything under the sun. Then he started talking about the, the girls' wake w- workout area. He was going nuts. It was quite entertaining. That's uh, Eli Hershkovich. We'll continue to uh, talk to him 